0: Football season is back, finally. This is Chris Van Dyne with North Coast Sports. Uh, we're back for another year of the Power Sweep podcast. Apologies to our listeners that we didn't uh, already put an issue out. We got kind of wiped out with COVID these last couple weeks. Uh, I got it, Robbie got it, so we uh, didn't get a chance to do a preseason edition of the Power Sweep podcast. Um, I I don't think that anyone would have wanted me to wanted to listen to me hacking through the entire podcast, uh, just coughing in everyone's ear the whole time. So we decided to hold off until today to do our first edition of the power suite podcast. And it is an exciting time of the year. College football is right around the corner and we got a little, little appetizer last week, got a little taste. Uh, not a lot of great games, but that, that North, Nebraska-Northwestern game was a lot of fun. Uh, we did put out our first college side uh, of the year on Vanderbilt, and that was a, a easy winner. Vanderbilt uh, looking like an SEC team for once, or Hawaii looking like they don't belong in the FBS right now. Uh, they're, they're in pretty bad shape. Um, a couple things I want to go over real quick before we uh, – Get into this week's games. Uh, First off, want to say how excited I am for the upcoming NFL season. Last year, North Coast Sports was the number one handicapping service, according to the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma. You can go to the sportsmonitor.com and verify that. Uh, NFL plays were 40 and 16 last year. 40 and 16. Uh, that was the number one service in the NFL regular season, according to the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma. Uh, we also had a solid college season. Uh, our sides went 46-38, 40, hitting 55%. We went another 10-4 in bowl games on our college uh, late phone plays. Uh, totals were a little uh, underwhelming, 22, 23, and one, so a little under fifty percent for our totals. But more than made up for it with our NFL plays, our college sides, and our bowl games. So if you haven't already yet, jump on board for our late phone package. As usual, we will give out a code at the end of the podcast that can get you a little discount. If you haven't gotten Power Sweep, the code will be will get you a little bit off Power Sweep. I uh, hope you've already jumped on board for that because the newsletter is a must-have during football season. A lot of useful useful information. Uh, last week, Power Plays, our, our other newsletter, gave out a, a three-star winner on Illinois. Uh, that was an easy winner, uh, as well as a, a winner in power sweep on Vanderbilt. Uh, we did have a totals loser on Nebraska versus uh, Northwestern. We had the under that went over by a touchdown but overall uh quality first at, at that week 0 was was fair quality for us uh we'd like to do a little better this week and uh get the season started off right because this is the time of the year where we like to thrive and like I said uh you know we, we did have a lot of success last year hoping to continue that and uh, also hoping to continue uh having you all listen to the podcast and as usual we've got are two uh my, my two co-hosts my my friends my uh coworkers and uh my buddies Robbie depola and Jim Seaman welcome in guys I'm glad to have you guys back Jim and Robbie welcome back for another football season
1: thank and you Chris for having us and welcome back to you Chris
0: thank you Jim how's how was your off season did you do anything exciting uh did you, did you make any coats i don't know what'd you do
1: make any coats
0: <laughs> i don't know like maybe for little kids
1: no <laughs> I <know>. no I, <laughs> I don't think i made any coats all
0: right oh, uh, i mean kids need coats
1: nothing wild and crazy uh visited uh my daughter out of town you know fun stuff like that other than that you know nothing wild know. and crazy how about you chris I know you got, I know you got uh, a a great big uh, got to meet one of your heroes.
0: Yeah, John Carpenter. I did. Uh, that was a good time, and he gave me COVID. At least I'm blaming him. I don't know. I, I don't know who gave it to me, but screw that person.
1: Hey, some people got a signature. You got COVID
2: from them.
0: Yeah, yeah. You need uh, to pay for it too. Yeah, yeah. That was an expensive bout of COVID. Um, and then I gave it to you, Robbie, and then you got you got yours for free. So yeah,
2: I know I got a discount. <laughs>
0: Uh, Robbie, how you doing, man? It's good to have you back.
2: Yeah. Good to be back for another year. Uh, seems like the off season, uh, doesn't last very long. We're back at it. Seems like we were just doing this not too long ago. So excited to be back though.
0: Yeah. Uh, we've decided that this year, whoever comes in last on our podcast uh, has to join a fight club. So, uh,
2: Oh, no, Chris. <laughs>
0: come on. Just, no. Hey, Jim can't talk about fight club. First role of fight club. How do you not know this? As a fact, what are you even worried about? You mopped the floor with us last year. That's true. Yeah.
1: I I don't get cocky.
0: Yeah, me and Robbie should be the ones freaking out here, like, oh, no, (laughs) we don't want to get punched in the face. It might make me look prettier. My my, my wife might like like me more than that. (laughs) I doubt that. (laughs) Yeah, I got enough scars on my face. All right, so um, naturally we're going to get into these games, get into handicapping. Uh, it's, it's an exciting football season, uh, first week of games, you know, it's always kind of a mixed bag of crap with, uh, some really good games. So right off the bat, Jim is going to give us a game that most of you probably would look at and say, that's crap, but, uh, there is some betting value on it, I think. And and Jim's got some uh, points he wants to bring up. So Jim, you lead it off, man. You you were number one last year.
1: I'm leading it off with that barn burner that it's going to be. Tulane versus UMass uh, and I'm going with Tulane minus the points yes these teams combined for three wins last year uh, to which you'd be like then how is one of them favored by 28 points over the other it's because though they had very different seasons uh, UMass's only win last year was over a horrible Connecticut team Uh, whose only win was uh, over Yale by five. But Massachusetts itself lost two games versus the uh, FCS teams, one by 13 and one by 25. So, yeah, the Minutemen were not very good last year. Tulane, on the other hand, they opened the season with a five-point loss to number uh, two Oklahoma. Now they did lose by 40 to Mississippi uh, a couple of weeks later, but in between times they beat their FCS opponent by 49. Uh, Seven point loss to UAB. Later on, they played Cincinnati. They're 27 and a half. Cincinnati was number two again. They only lost by uh, 19, which is pretty good. At the end of the season, their last four games, they had a four-point loss, a seven-point loss, a 31-point win over USF, and a five-point loss to Memphis. Now, Massachusetts, on the other hand, they lost to Pittsburgh by 44. They lost to Boston College by 17, which was you know, actually one of their closer games. But they also lost to Coastal Carolina by 50. They lost to Florida State by 56. Uh, it was just an ugly season.
0: Yeah, that Boston now, College game also, I uh, remember, BC lost their starting quarterback that game. Yes, they uh, did. The game where Djokovic Jer- uh, got injured.
1: But uh, UMass well, uh, last year, it was very rough season. They bring back Don Brown as their head coach, but he's coming back. He does have 16 starters back, but 16 starters from a not-good team that he's going to have to try to fit into his systems. Now, on the other hand, Tulane has 18 starters coming back, and they have Willie Fritz, who's in his seventh year. And before last year's 2-10 and season, which was just abysmal, He'd had three straight non-losing seasons. Uh, so it's, it's a big difference here. The other thing you got to look at is how does Tulane do when they're a big favorite? Well, last year they were 47-point favorite over Morgan State. They won by uh, 49 uh, The two or back in 2019 in kind of normal times, 31-point favorite over Missouri State. They won by 52, and they were a 34-point favorite over Connecticut. They won by 42. All, that's all under Willie Fritz. Willie Fritz is going to get his team going, get them confident. They ended last year. I I, I almost want to say, even though they went 1-3 and three down the stretch, it's kind of a high note because they were close in those games. You know, uh, one ball bounces the other way, and you could have had some wins, so I, I think there's a little bit of uh, more emphasis, whereas Don Brown at UMass is basically in a rebuilding. I mean, and you're rebuilding from the ground. Uh, I know he's got starters back. But once again, they don't necessarily fit his system. And coaches usually like to play their players, so you're probably going to have a lot of freshmancy seeing time. And for the opening game, I, I like to lay in uh, the 28. I, there are some places it's gone 28 and a half, and it could climb a little bit. But usually, I'm not a big uh, margin guy, but I, I just, this one just makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I can see it. I, I think the UMass is a, not a very good team. And I, I, I kind of think Don Brown's a relic. I mean, I'll to see how he does there. But I mean, I, I guess I understand why they hired him, but he, he, you know, he definitely a relic when it comes to coaching. I,
1: I think he can make them respectable and maybe competitive but I don't necessarily see them making a bowl in the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, that's that's, that's a tough job. That is a very tough job, and they're independent. All right, uh, Robbie, uh, I know know you're a Big 12 guy, and uh, you've got an interesting game here with two teams that – off, off, I guess, disappointing seasons, but uh, what do you got for us to lead off?
2: Yeah, uh, we're gonna go with a team that used to be in the Big Twelve versus a team that uh, currently is in the Big Twelve. We're gonna go TCU is gonna go uh, travel to take on Colorado, um, and I believe that's a that's a uh, Friday night game in uh, yes. yes Boulder. So I uh, got a little Friday night uh, football action for you. Um, yes, these are two these are two teams off two very disappointing seasons by their standards. Um, TCU last year went seven or went five and seven, and they parted ways with their longtime uh, head coach Gary Patterson, and so they're uh, looking to rebound um, under Sonny Dykes, who came over from SMU. Um, Colorado off a of four and eight season under third year coach Carl Doral, um, they were a team that uh, went th- uh, three of their four wins came in Pac-12 play. Um, but uh, he's looking to get them back to a bowl game uh, where where they got in uh, 2020. So definitely two teams looking to improve this year, which is why it surprised me so much that the road team here. TCU is a al- almost a two touchdown favorite. It's 13 and a half in most places right now. Um, it, it 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 has crept up to 14 in a few spots. If it's 14, um, I like it even more. Um But uh, Colorado, like I mentioned, is uh, in year three under Carl Doral, and they bring back 12 starters uh, led by QB Lewis. They return two of their top three receivers. They add a Baylor transfer at receiver. Uh, They return three starters on the offensive line. Uh, They do lose five of their top seven tacklers, um, and their secondary is a bit inexperienced with just one starter. Um, which is a bit concerning um, when you're there facing a TCU team uh, that does like to pass the ball. Uh, they have 10 starters back on offense does TCU. But the concerning thing, or at least the puzzling thing for me is that TCU still hasn't settled on a quarterback. Um, if you recall, TCU has Max Duggan who uh, has started the past couple years. He, he kind of struggled at times last season And uh, Chandler Morris uh, took over and he he played pretty well in the few times he stepped on the field for the Horned Frogs. So as of now, um, Sonny Dykes is not named a starter and it sounds like multiple quarterbacks are going to play in that game. Uh, So they might struggle to get a rhythm if they're if they if they're in certain multiple quarterbacks uh, in there. TCU does have eight starters back on the defensive side of the ball. But their defensive line is actually rated as one of the bottom in the uh, Big 12, and they may struggle to get to the passer. And um, if they can't get to the passer, uh, the Buffaloes will have time to uh, th- throw the ball and uh, be able to have success running the ball. Um, and Sonny Dykes, when he was at SMU, was only 3-10 and 10, as an away favorite. And Colorado last year, even though they went 4-8, and eight, they finished strong at home Winning and covering their final three games at home, including including pulling a pair of upsets on Oregon State as an eleven and a half point home dog and Washington as a six and a half point home dog. And TCU just did go one and four on the road last season against the spread. Um TCU is the better team here, in my opinion. They do have the big, big edge in experience. But Colorado just seems like a team. uh, They had momentum coming off of last season. They get this game at home. Uh, Playing there is not an easy place to play. I, I know the environment there can be good when the fans do show up. And I think Colorado, I don't think they'll necessarily win the game, but I think they can keep this game around a touchdown and definitely cover the 13 and a half.
0: Yeah, that elevation might make a factor, too. You know, playing there is tough, and I I think the Colorado, uh, you know, while not one of the better Pac-12 teams, they they have been feisty in non-conference games in the past. Uh, You know, a couple years ago, they burned us early in the season uh, in a couple big plays. Yep. So we don't want to bring that up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I I think the Colorado is a dangerous team, especially at home, and I think they can give uh, TCU a game.
2: Yeah, I, I I think that'll be a. I think it'll be a one score game. I, I don't. I don't envision it being a blowout either way.
0: All right, I'm going to go for a game that I think will be a little bit of a blowout. Uh, I've got the Maryland Terrapins against TCU. I mean, I'm sorry, against Buffalo, that would not be a blowout. Uh, Maryland against Buffalo. Uh, this is a Buffalo team that uh, only has nine starters coming back. You know, and they had a lot of issues going into last year. They lost their head coach uh, late in the summer after the spring was over. They, they hired Maurice Linguist, uh, who basically didn't even know the team going into the season. So it was a tough situation for Buffalo. Um, and, you know, it showed because they went from 6-1 and one and 20 to just 4-8 and eight last year and uh, struggled at times. This year, like I said, nine starters back. They also have a new quarterback in Cole Snyder. Uh, he's a Rutgers transfer. And, and I, I mean, if you couldn't get on the field of Rutgers, how good can you really be? Uh, they also lost a 1,000-yard rusher and Dylan McDuffie, um, lost a lot of their defense players. Three of their top five tacklers are gone. Um, so I, when I'm looking for a team that's going to cover a big line like this with Maryland, who's currently laying – 24 points. I want a team that's explosive and that can score a lot and score fast and quick, uh, you know, one play type of drive sometimes. And Maryland can do that. They've got two uh, absolute beast receivers and uh, Rakeem Jarrett and Dante Demas, both of who uh, whom, you know, put up decent numbers last year. Demas missed a lot of the season because of an injury. Jarrett was, you know, at, at one point, playing really well but he was the only guy they had after Demas got hurt so I I think that now healthy Talia Tagovailoa to his little brother is going to put up even bigger numbers this year after he threw 26 touchdowns and nearly 4,000 yards passing last year the defense should be a little improved they took some injuries last year on defense including their starting corner Deontay uh, uh, Banks uh, got injured after two games he had started 11 the year before was their top corner he's back this year they lost some of their defensive linemen last year to injury they're back so overall i think this maryland team is going to be a little better looking at buffalo that they have struggled the last couple years against big 10 teams they lost by 25 points to nebraska last year and as we've seen nebraska plays everybody close unless you're not very good uh so you know, Buffalo was not very good last year. We actually jumped on that game for a late phone play with Nebraska. Won that one, you know, fairly easily. They, the, Nebraska was laying 13 and a half and won by 25. 2019, uh, Buffalo traveled to Penn State, lost 45 to 13. Also lost by 18 at Liberty that year. So they struggled in their road, road games, uh, especially against those big 10 foes the last couple of years. Uh, so I, I got Maryland winning this game. Uh, I, I, I have them by, f- you know, probably four touchdowns, hopefully more. This is a, uh, this is an explosive offense. And I think that's what you need to cover a big line. Also 10 and three against the spread in home openers, which I like. So uh, go with the Terps, Terps laying the points this week. All right. Round two, uh, back to Jim, Jim, the leading man. Uh, what do you got here? Big game. Oh, here.
1: Yeah, the, the, the funny thing is I go from a game where they, two teams combined for three wins and to uh, a game where the teams just had a combined four losses and actually 22 wins last year. I'm I'm going with the uh, Notre Dame and uh, Ohio State game, and I'm actually going to take Notre Dame and the points here. Uh, that, that number seems to keep creeping up. Uh, right now it's around 17. And the, the whole thing is, is everybody's talking about Ohio state. Everybody's talking about Ohio state and everybody's talking about Ohio state. Now, Notre Dame, once again, you have a new head coach, Marcus Freeman, and I, I really like him. He seems like he's a player's coach and he was the uh, defense coordinator there last year. The players uh, like him. They have their same uh, offensive coordinator, um, so there, there's not, like, a big change, as you would expect when you lose your head coach. But, I mean, their, their all-time winning coach, Brian Kelly, he left, but he left for what I guess he thought for a better job, where he could let his Southern accent come out and <laughs> <to> be <laughs> accepted. Um, but, you know, I, I really I, – I, I, I like what he's doing there. I like the way he talks about his players. He seems to really care about them. And, I mean, it, this is Notre Dame. They, they've got 15 starters coming back. They have a lot of talent. The, the, and uh, I don't want to say be disrespected, but to be disrespected. I know Ohio State's favored to be into the uh, championship game again, to have a shot at that. They have three players on the offense who are uh, legitimate Heisman contenders. They got a lot of factors going for them. They got a lot of points but they've also struggled at home games sometimes, especially early in the season. They're going to be playing against uh, Notre Dame here. Like I said, they've got talent. It, it's not like this is a, a, a no-name team. Uh, Ohio State's still working on their defense. Uh, you know, they've they've got 14 starters coming back, eight on defense, but... Uh, the whole thing is, as like I said, it's just to me that the line keeps going up and up because uh, a lot of it is, you know, I'm sure Ohio State fans are putting money on there because you know it's it's the uh, it's the beginning of the season. Everybody thinks they're going to be in the national championship game. You know, the national uh, pundits are talking about that, and not that Notre Dame is getting talked down to, but they're just not getting that talked about. And I think they can quietly cover that spread because, you know, last year they lost to uh, Cincinnati, of course, by 11, uh, who went into the playoffs. Uh, You know, they did lose to Clemson in the ACC title game, but that was kind of a, a rematch. That was by 24. They're not used to getting blown out. They don't usually get blown out. And I think they keep this game close.
0: Well, and to your point, Jim, you know, Notre Dame has an excellent front seven defensively. They can match up with Ohio State. Um, you know, you look at a couple of years ago before COVID, they, they traveled to Georgia. who was the number three team in the country at the time, getting 14 points. They only lost by six. Uh, mm-hmm. it, this is a lot of points. It, it really I, is. And I know Notre Dame lost their quarterback, but, you know th- – the, the the big knock on Notre Dame, and I know Robbie Robbie would love to expand on this, is when they get into a bowl game or a playoff game, they get wiped out. And that, that's right. been their MO for years.
1: But of uh, course, that that was also under their old coach.
0: Right. Well, yeah, but also this is not a bowl game or a playoff game. No. You no, know, this is this is a regular season game in week one, and they're not they're, they're, the pressure is not there on Notre Dame like it is on Ohio State. So I think they can play a little bit free in this game and uh, not have – they don't have the expectations that they usually do. If they lose, And if they lose this game, for the most part, their season's still intact. They can still come back, go 11-1, and Notre Dame would end up being in the playoff conversation, especially if at the end of the year they beat USC uh, and they also play Clemson this year. If those teams win a lot of games and, and Notre Dame beats them, then you know that they have the feathers in their cap at the end of the year that would have them in the conversation to make the playoff. So even if they lose this game, their, their season isn't over. So I think they could play free and uh, very uh, pressure-free in this game. Loose.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, and, and I that's it. why I said to me to me the points just seem too much. I mean, yeah. I. I okay. 10 points, I'd be like, I'm staying away from this, but it just keeps climbing. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be even higher by Saturday.
0: Yeah. All right, we're going to move over to Robbie. Uh, going with one of your uh, old trustees in the Mountain West. We, we love talking Mountain West with you. What do you got?
2: Yeah, uh, going to go back to another uh, game involving a Pac-12 team, but yeah, it's going to be Pac-12 versus Mountain West here as Boise State travels to face the Beavers and up at uh, up in Corvallis at Oregon State. Um, Oregon State uh, brings back 15 starters, uh, including their quarterback, um, but they do lose their 1300 yard receiver or running back and their top receiver. so they're a little less experienced at the skill position on offense, but they do have nine starters back on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and that was their best defensive unit at, at least in the last seven years. So expect them to be a little better on that side of the ball. Uh, they, they, they did struggle a bit um, against the pass. They gave up 244 against the pass last year. Uh, and Boise State does return a veteran quarterback in Hank Bachmeyer. Uh, They're hoping that their running back, uh, George Halani, is healthy because when he's healthy, he's a dynamic uh, running back. But uh, his biggest problem is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. The Broncos get back four starters on the offensive line. Uh, Their biggest loss was their receiver, uh, Khalil Shakir, who had over 1,100 yards. But for the most part, um, they do bring back a talented unit on the offensive side of the ball. And Hank Bachmer has been in these type of uh, situations before. I mean, his first start, um, he went on the road and uh, they upset uh, Florida State. So uh, he's no stranger to playing in uh, big in, – in power five environments on the road. Um, Boise State overall is off a disappointing season. The last time they only won – they went seven and five, which is a still – a winning season, made a bowl game, unfortunately didn't get to play, uh, but they went seven and five, but that was their lowest win total in a season since 1998, which is very surprising. They, they've consistently won 10, 11, 12 games in a season um, for as long as I've been a fan of uh, football. And uh, they they have one of the more experienced teams in the country. They get back 17 starters overall. And um, while Oregon state does have what looks to be a pretty decent offense with their starting quarterback back uh, Boise state overall is 13 of their top 15 tacklers back. Um, And despite going seven and five last year, Boise state was very competitive in their road games going five and one against the spread and they even pulled off upsets of ranked BYU, of a ranked BYU team last year and a ranked Fresno State uh, team last year, and they beat Fresno forty to fourteen on the road, and they beat BYU twenty six to seventeen. So they have experience on the road, and it just seems like coming off of a down year by their standards, Boise State very experienced team on both sides of the ball. Uh, it, and they're getting two and a half here. It just seems like this is a game. I think it'll be close because Oregon State is no slouch. They've been improving, but it just seems like the Broncos are the stronger team here, and I think they can definitely pull the outright upset. It's not going to be a blowout. I I think they can get a win here by a field goal or a touchdown, but it'll be a close game, hard-fought game.
0: Yeah, Boise State, and the Mountain West in general, seems to be uh, beating uh, up on the uh... – Pac-12 last few years, and BYU, it was the other team that's done that. So it wouldn't shock me at all if uh, a Mountain West team went into Pac-12 territory and pulled out a win. Who knows, maybe Boise State will uh, be auditioning for a spot in a Pac-12 soon.
1: Yeah, they very well might be. The Pac-7 or whatever it'll be.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm what do you got going over. for us, Chris? Yeah, I'm going to go to uh, – uh, well, a team that used to be in a conference I covered for uh, North coast uh, used to be a CUSA team. Now on a Sunbelt team, old dominion. Um, you know, the, I'm not a big fan of what's going on in Virginia tech right now. I, I don't, I, I don't mind the hire with Brent pry. Uh, I, I think that he could be a decent coach, but it's going to be a transition period, man. I, I think they have a rebuild coming. Um, I didn't, I, I thought they were a little hard on Justin Fuente. You know, he won some games for them. Sure, the expectations were a little higher than he was achieving. But come in, I mean, Grant Wells was underwhelming quarterback at Marshall, who put up most of his, his success at Marshall against, against bad football teams. Uh, he threw sixteen touchdown passes, thirteen interceptions last year. They have a hodgepodge of so-so running backs that really don't move the meter. Uh, not a lot of weapons on the outside. It did add Jaden Blue, who back in 2019 had a thousand yards receiving, but hasn't done much since. Uh, a okay offensive line that's missing some starters. I, I just think that there's a lot to be uh, a lot to improve on offensively and defensively, you know the last couple years. Uh, they, they lacked size, they lacked uh, you know, playmakers. Dax Holyfield's a pretty good linebacker for them, but you know, Chamari Connor at safety. But after that, you know, the, the depth is not there in the defensive line, I'll tell you that much right now. Uh, the secondary depth is not there. They've got some holes, and I think the old Dominion at home is a team that's primed to possibly, you know, to cover, but possibly pull an upset. They've got a quarterback in Hayden Wolf who has experience. They have one of the best uh, secret weapon tight ends in the country in uh, Zach Koontz who uh, was originally a Penn state uh, tight end number PS number two uh, or a uh, number two tight end in the, uh, in his recruiting class. So, you know, you have some weapons offensively, uh, an improving defense for old dominion. They've got seven starters back on defense. They have 10 back on offense and this was a team that really finished the season strong last year. Won their last five regular season games before losing to Tulsa in a bowl game. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say they beat great competition, but still winning five games down the stretch. They beat Virginia Tech last time they hosted them, and that was a better Virginia Tech team. And now you're getting, uh, you're getting the host again in the opener and a lot of hype around Old Dominion right now. That they've they've moved to a new conference the fans are excited virginia tech's kind of expecting a rebuild so i don't know that they're going to have as many fans there as they normally would ricky ronnie uh ricky rain i believe is how you pronounce it uh has done a good job at old dominion old penn state uh coordinator so uh one of the, and one of the things I, I i noticed and we talked about was our power plays newsletter who does pretty well with these uh, with these upsets. Sometimes calling for Old Dominion to win outright in our projected box score, which you know blew my mind. Twenty three to twenty two was the projected final score. Old Dominion winning uh, with a you know slight yardage edge, three fifty three to three twenty seven. Old Dominion has the experience edge, so I'm going to go with Old Dominion. Uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea to maybe sprinkle some money line on this bet. But uh, otherwise, just take the Monarchs uh, currently getting uh, – let me double-check the line. Seven here. and
2: a half, I believe.
0: Yeah, I believe you are right. Uh, yeah, seven and a half. You're getting more than a touchdown. You're getting the hook there. So I'll take Old Dominion getting the seven and a half. All right, Jim, uh, we're going to kick it over to our total totals. Uh, you got the first total. Uh, what do you got?
1: Uh, well, I'm going to go with one. Uh, it's uh, Mississippi and Troy. And I'm going to go with the over in this game. Um, basically, because Lane Kiffin likes to score, especially against uh, non-conference foes. Uh, they do need – they're bringing in a new quarterback, but uh, it's Jackson Dart. Uh, he's a transfer from USC, uh, one of the best players uh, quarterbacks when he came out of high school and i mean you just look at you know like last year uh the the total right now i think is 57 and a half uh last year uh and once again i know mississippi had their starting quarterback back but it's still lane kiffin lane kiffin's good with quarterbacks for the most part and uh, last year, they, they beat Louisville 43-24, to 24, so that's 77 points. Their next game, 71 points. Next game, 82 points. Then they had that low-scoring 63-points game versus Alabama. And then they had 103 points uh, versus Arkansas. And then, once again, even Tennessee, it was 59 points. All those are over. And once again, the total is down this year because uh, Mississippi does just have five uh, players back on offense. But once again, kind of like Notre Dame, this is the SEC team. These SEC teams have talent. It's not like they're throwing, you know, a redshirt freshman who, you know, has never played football before or that, you know.
0: They could win the job of Rutgers like Buffalo is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Basically. So, I mean, you, you, you have that, and uh, when Lane Kiffin can score, Lane Kiffin likes to score. And plus he wants to get his offense um, some experience, get him some confidence. So he's not going to slow it up any. Now, on that point, Troy does have a good defense, um, but it's not necessarily, uh, you know, an SEC defense. And Troy does have nine starters back on offense themselves. So I'm thinking they can get 14, 21 points because, uh, you know, last year Mississippi gave up 17 points to Austin P. So if Troy can get 17 points here, that means that all Mississippi has to do is score 40. And I think they can do that. I think the combination of the two can do that. And I, it's probably one of the few totals. It The totals were a little bit rough this week, uh, at least the early ones looking at it. Uh, you know, we'll see where the line goes by Saturday. But this is one that I liked, and uh, I, I really think that they can go over and actually kind of comfortably.
0: Yeah, and don't forget uh, Ole Miss also added Zach Evans from TCU, a stud running back. Uh, so a lot of talent on that Ole Miss offense. Um Robbie uh moving over I know you got a uh a game involving a team that played last week uh and should be a good one.
2: Yeah, um I've got UTEP who uh played last week um in week 0 they're going to it's going to be a little bit of a tougher game or tougher opponent. Uh they're in uh they're Just playing the- Oklahoma um and I know the Sooners have been in the news Um, this offseason because all the players and their head coach that left. But when you take a minute to actually look at what they added, uh, this still is going to be a very, very, very competitive team that has a very good shot to win the big 12. Um, They brought in quarterback Dylan Gabriel, who if you remember was at central Florida for the last three years, he topped um, he passed for over 8,000 yards in three years at central Florida. And what makes it even better is that his offensive coordinator from UCF from 2019, Jeff Lebby, is now the offensive coordinator with the Sooners. So you have a quarterback and an an OC that are are familiar with the system that is in place, um, which there's not going to be much of a learning curve there. Um, Oklahoma does also have former Tennessee running back Eric Gray, it's going to be his time uh, to be the main back there. Um, and they they do have a receiver unit that despite the losses uh, still ranks in the top 25 as well. So Gabriel will have a lot of talented options to throw to. Um, and you mentioned Chris, UTEP played last week despite losing 31 to 13 to North Texas. They actually outgained North Texas 400 to 399. They were kind of undone. They missed a field goal, turned the ball over four times on downs including one time at their at the 1-yard line, and they were held to a field goal in the red zone as well after a turnover. So they left a lot of points on the board. Granted, Oklahoma is a much better team than North Texas, but still, UTEP proved last week that they were capable of moving the ball, they just weren't able to convert those drives into points i think they'll be able to do that more this week not next not and we don't necessarily need utep to score more than 17 21 points because i think the sooners can put up 45 50 points on their own here and the total is only 57 which to me was very surprising i thought this would be in the mid 60s so the fact that it's under 60 um is very enticing to me and um i think that uh this is a game I see like a 48 to 20, 48 to 17 score. And that'll push that over the total for sure. So I'm going to go Oklahoma UTEP over 57.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, UTEP only punted once all game last week. The yeah. offense move the ball. Gavin Hardison has a strong arm. I think he's a good quarterback. Uh, it's just going to take them some time to get going, but You know, in a blowout, you're liable to get a touchdown or two down the stretch that, uh, against. We
2: love late scores and overs.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to a service academy game, uh, involving Army. They're playing coastal Carolina. I'm looking at the total, uh, which is, uh, currently. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, as I lose my totals,
1: 53 and a half.
0: Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Unprepared, shame on me. Fifty-three and a half.
1: Got your back.
0: Thing with this this game is, uh, Coastal lost a lot offensively. They have Grayson McCall back, but they lost a highly likely combo. (laughs) Um, Our uh, Coastal, our Army, on the other hand, you know they've got the grinded out triple option offense. They uh, they're going to eat a lot of clock. We already know that, but a lot of people. Don't realize these rule changes this year with the chop blocking, they're really limiting chop blocking outside the tackle box. You you can't can't chop block outside the tackle box anymore, which is going to affect that Army offense and explosiveness of it.
1: And I I think the other thing, Chris, is before it was within three yards of the offensive line or line of scrimmage. Now it's within one yard.
0: Right. So – the you other know. thing is that's going to lead to a lot of like 15-yard penalties against, against Army because those chop-blocking penalties are death to a, a triple-option offense. You take a penalty like that, it puts you behind the chains. Army is not built to go first and 25 or second and 20 or something like that. So if you take a penalty like that, you're, you're going to be backed up. So, you know, and, and then you look at Army's last few years when they've played uh, non-conference games against power five teams or uh, against uh, against non against FBS teams. They tend to have, you know, these lower scoring games. Uh, you know, we've seen them play against Oklahoma and Michigan uh, last year against Miami of Ohio was a 23 to 10 game, 28 to 16 against ball state. So uh You know, if if you have a team that's really explosive throwing the ball like Wake Forest was last year, you get that high scoring game. That's not what Coastal Carolina is this year uh, because of all the losses they've taken on offense. So I I look for Army to burn a lot of clock, do the usual thing, but uh, lower scoring game, under 53. uh, So that's where we're going to go. All right, Jim and Robbie, uh, you want to say goodbye to the listeners as we get moving on? Goodbye, listeners. Thanks for coming
2: back for another season. Hope you enjoy it.
1: Uh, looking for a successful uh, year.
0: All right. We're going to move on now and close this up. And thank you to Jim and Robbie, as always, for joining and giving us their input, giving us hopefully some winners. I know Jim will because that's what he does. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you jump on board for Sweep. You can go to ncsports.com. You can call 1-800-654-3448. PowerSweep right now is $109 on the website you can call in or go online and use the code utah and that will get you ten dollars off power sweep so uh if you haven't bought power sweep yet make sure you use that code utah and get ten dollars off the power sweep for 2022 uh if you're already a 2022 subscriber and you want to sign up for 23 you can get ten dollars off using code utah uh Also, if you want to jump on board for this week's late phones, $10 off the late phone service Uh, using that same code Utah. You do have to call in for this one, 1 800 654 3448. And right now, our exec service, Thursday through Monday, that is all the college action for the weekend, is just $99. That's all of our star rated plays, all of our marquees, all of our totals, just $99. Like I said, we had a pretty good year last year, uh, so you want to jump on board now early in the season. Get a little ahead. That way when we really start rolling, you are you're, you're you know, you know get that bankroll nice and juicy. So use code UTAH. Call in 1-800-654-3448. We'll give you $10 off that $99 price for the uh, weekend exec service. So you, you'll get the weekend for only $89. Bucks. Like I said, all of our sides, all of our totals all of our uh, marquees, we'll have some small college plays for you. I think we got a pretty good beat on the FCS this year, so uh, we're going to have some small college plays that I'm, I'm pretty confident in. I've got one eyed up already myself. I put a bet in today. So give us a call, 1-800-654-3448. For Jim Seaman, for Robbie Depola for myself, and for all of my North Coast listeners, uh, thank you again for listening, and we look forward to talking to you next week.